is Jared of the GM live today from Pete and Terry's Tavern at Bridgestone Arena, the home opener, the season opener tonight at 7 o'clock right here at Bridgestone Arena, Preds and Minnesota Wild pregame at 6 o'clock. Jared and the GM for the next four hours. We are loaded today for opening day. I'm just going to keep it real with the people, Floyd. We got two things really to talk about today. What are the two things this show talks about? Today? Just in general. What are the two things this show talks about? Uh, oh, Preds and uh, Titans. We got the Preds and the Titans yeah. today, and that's all we got today, and that's, and that's fine by me as we are live out here at Bridgestone Arena. Let's start on it. We got Crispy coming on today. We got Sean Henry coming on later this hour. We are loaded today for the home opener. So let's just start with this. I think we open it up. I think we start off 615-737-1025, and we ask this question. Do you still think this team can win a cup? Do you think this team can win a cup? The team as currently constructed. Because I was in the locker room this morning, and I'm like, you know, there, it, it feels new. It feels like a new team, new season like it should. But all the guys that are in there, you look at the lockers. Other than Matt Deshane, there's Sissons and Yarncroak and Arvidsson and Turris and Yossi and Ekholm. And it's the same cast of characters that it has been for the last handful of years. And, yes, Duchesne is in and PK's out. They brought in Dan Lambert and Dan Lambert in hopes of fixing the power play. But do we still think this group can compete with a cup? This time last year, we said yes. They could compete for the cup. We believed they could compete for the cup. Then we saw the season play out. So, Floyd Reese, I ask you. Do you think this group, as currently constructed, can still compete for the Stanley Cup? Well, I'm a believer in if you can make the playoffs, you can compete for the Cup. And and they can make the playoffs. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, you know, that being said, it, it's hard to envision a new face that's going to go wild that gets them over the hump. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to see... Okay, all of a sudden, somebody is going to catch fire, and you know, instead of scoring twenty goals, they're going to score forty goals, and it's going to make all the difference in the world because we don't have anybody of that age that could blow up that way. Now we've got some guys in the minors that maybe can can do that, or in Milwaukee that could maybe do that. But right now on this team, it's like you said, you go through the roster, and it's pretty much the same guy. I mean, I think you know, you know exactly what you're going to get out of most of these guys when they get on the ice. And I think it's a matter of like everything else. It seems to be in, in Nashville sports, it's consistency. You know, can you go out and play at a certain level every night? And, and it seems like every, every team in the state has trouble doing that. Is that not um, amazing? I don't know what it is. Is that not like the darndest thing? And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I don't want to say optimistic, I think I'm going to be cautious with this. I think this team can compete for the Stanley Cup. I feel good about the coach. I feel good about the roster in general. I think they've got some dead weight that either has to pick it up or get it out of here. And I think, you know, there's a handful of guys that I think all qualify as that. You know, but the real question for me is how good is Deshane? You know, how good is Deshane? Last year, career high offensively. Was it because he's in a walk year? I don't know. But how good is he? Because if he is the Superman cape, put it on, go out there, save the power play, put in 38 goals this year, 
have two lines that are rocking and rolling, not just one, then you are 100% a Stanley Cup contender. If he's not... Yeah, see, I mean, I think the question then, is... Then are you any different from last can, year? Can a guy that is not, not long in a tooth, but a guy that's in the middle of his career, can he all of a sudden have better than a career year? And I, I, I don't know that. And well, I'm just I asking for him to have a just to have his career. I think that's probably, I think that's probably a little bit tough to to envision. But that's just me. But I mean, are they are, are they going to be solid if they can develop consistency? If they can go out on a on a nightly basis and and play to a certain level, then they're going to be good enough to beat a whole bunch of teams in this league just with consistency. You know, not necessarily because we're going to have you know, a better front line or we're going to have a better goalie or we're going to have a better whatever it may be. But just because we're going to go out and play consistent, let all these other teams fall by the wayside. So I think the consistency comes from the goalie. Like, I feel like they can win every night because of the two goalies, especially the goalie. You know, he'll give you – I remember there was a game last year in St. Louis that they played, and we, we threw a fit about it the next day. And in hindsight, we, we didn't know that they were playing the Stanley Cup champion when they got their, their rear ends kicked. But they lost 2 nothing on a game in St. Louis where they literally should have lost 10 nothing, And UC Soros gave them a chance in that game. And so if I get that goaltending, but I get better play and I get a more consistent power play and I get things like that, with the goaltending, you've got a shot to win the Stanley Cup. If not, though, to your point, I think we learned last year, goaltending alone cannot carry this team. Even because they got great goaltending last year from both guys. And they still, I mean, Pekka almost stole game six. He did steal game three in Dallas last year. And that clearly wasn't good enough in the Dallas series. And, and I think the other side of this whole coin is how many of the teams that we've got to beat got better in the offseason, markedly better. Mm-hmm. You know, where you can look at it and you can say, okay, this team added these two guys. This team got a goalie now and this, you know, got whatever it is. And and how does all of that fit in? You know, how does that match up with what you're trying to do? And to answer your question, I think a lot of those teams got a lot better. A lot of those teams got a lot better. I mean, better. you start with Colorado. Colorado, all those guys, young guys, are now in the primes of their career. So you, Colorado's got... You know, and then they, they draft, they get they get freaking great picks every year because, you know, you make the Kyle Turris trade, lands them the number four overall pick in last year's draft. Like, that is, like, so Colorado, I, I, I'm i not going to pick Colorado to win the Central Division. I think they got a shot, though. St. Louis just won the Stanley Cup. Dallas got better, significantly better over the offseason. Winnipeg took a little bit of a hit, but they got Connor and Line A back in there. And then there's Chicago. And I believe Chicago is, they're, they're a lot like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh won their cups. Pittsburgh went away for a while. Pittsburgh came back and had a second run at it. And I think Chicago's up there. Yeah, I'm not sure I ever see Chicago real, real far away. They've been as far away over these last two or three years as they've been in a while. And I'm not sure I see them, you know, so far down the line that you never, ever talk about them. So, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think they're going to be better, and they're going to be, you know, a thorn in, in a bunch of team size. So, do we look at, like, being a cup contender as 
you know, are you going to have an outside shot at it? Or, I mean, when you think of legit chance to win the cup, like take Tampa, for example. I think all of us feel like Tampa is a bona fide, legit, could probably win the cup team. Now, they haven't done it yet. And they've gotten close. They went to the cup final in 2015. They got, I mean, all worldly team last year got knocked out in four games. Yeah, we thought they'd be in net last year. So, I, I don't know. But, our, but so, where, where do we feel about this team? Coming into this time last year, if I said serious cup contender, we'd all say yes. And I just simply do not feel that way right now. But I feel like, I mean, I feel like they got a shot. I don't. I don't know. They're, they're, you know the more I talk this through, the more I want to say no. They're going to be a playoff team. If you're a playoff team, you've got a chance. Now, given that, if you if you just right now said okay, draw up a ladder, write up a ladder of the teams that they're going to have to beat along, you could well undoubtedly you would put some names in there. That we would have a tough time beating them. I mean, some you know, whoever they may be, they're going to just looking at it now, right now. Nobody mm-hmm. ever played a game, but you look at it and you go, well, yeah, they're going to have a legitimate chance. They won it last year. I mean, you know, and this team got better, and so you you look at that and you say, yeah, that's that's going to be a tough road. But what does that team look like halfway through the season? You know, what does it look like in February? And that that could be totally different. You know, you could be looking at a real mess. The one thing I think I want to not do this year, I know this is going to sound crazy, and I say I want to not do it. I feel like I'm going to have a hard time like convincing myself to not do this, but I, I hope I don't do this. Is I think we got to stop comparing teams. To, well, you know, last year St. Louis was the worst team in the league on January 1st, and they went on to win the – like, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like I said, I don't – Instead of saying, well, you know, hey, last year Tampa was the best team in the league. They got knocked out in four games. That's probably not going to happen this year. Well, you know, two years ago, three years ago, you were the third, you were the eighth seed in the West and went all the way to the Cup. That's probably not going to happen this year. So I hope that I can do that. I probably won't be able to do that. But it's like the trade deadline, right? Like we'll probably have three weeks of trade deadline coverage because, honestly, people are probably going to want to start talking about the trade deadline in about two weeks. So that's, I've learned that about the NHL. The trade, there's, there's the beginning of the season, then there's New Year's, then there's trade deadline season, then there's playoff season. And they'll probably want to talk about the trade deadline or something like that. Well, just because the trades at the trade deadline didn't work last year doesn't mean the trades at the trade deadline won't work this year or something of the like. Sure. You know, so I, I almost want to keep that out of my head for the entire season. But And with Duchesne here, I have no clue who we'll talk about. Oh, my God. Like, who else wants to be here? Like, the, the one guy who wanted to be here is here. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Let's load up the phones. Let's get them. Your thoughts. We're starting Preds today on the night of the home opener. We are loaded. Sean Henry later this hour. Crispy later today. Preds game day. All of it coming up live out at Pete and Terry's Tavern. Stop on by Pete and Terry's Tavern today and register to win a pair of tickets for tonight's game against the Wild out here at Pete and Terry's Tavern. The phone number. And the question for the callers is this. Do you still think the Predators entering the season are cup contenders? 615-737-1025. 615-737-1025 is the phone number. Plus, the goalie today. He's ready at age 37. He's ready to get back out there. How long until the goalie? How long can he do this for? 
615-737-1025. We'll get to all of that. Jared and the GM live from Bridgestone Arena. Pete and Terry's Tavern outside. Come on by. Register to win tickets. Happy hour, 3 to 6. $5 domestic draft, $6 craft draft, and $7 specialty cocktail. Jared and the GM. ESPN 1025 the game. You change up anything from last year to this year that maybe a little different or uh no, not really. Uh just uh <laughs> try to stay uh limber and <laughs> flexible and <laughs> no nothing really. Just uh kinda stick to the same uh same programs and uh the training and you know, feeling good or feeling healthy. I think that's always you know, when you get older I, I think that's the key, obviously. Um, injuries always are tougher when you you know when you're not as young anymore. And um, but uh, I, I think it, it, it takes more work. I, I feel like it's more all-rounded, uh, 24/7 athlete. You, you gotta you gotta eat the right way. You gotta get your rest and 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 your recovery. And and I, I think in that aspect it has changed a little bit. That was Becca Rene Floyd Pekka say hey. You know, I just kind of keep the same things going as he starts tonight, his age 37 season. We got all chuckles over there. Your question. Guy's 37 years old. He's been playing like this for 15 years. He's the best in the league. And we're saying, what'd you change? Hey, <laughs> Tom Brady says you I, always I, have to adapt. I didn't change anything. Hey, Tom Brady says. The same stuff. Hey, Tom Brady says okay. he has to change as he's gotten older. <laughs> And I think Pekka is like the Tom Brady of the Predators, which I think you and I can agree on. And so maybe he, as he gets to 37, has got to change it up a little bit. All right. Now, Pekarine, last year, his save percentage was below his Vesna Trophy save percentage, but was the exact same 981 that he had when they went to the Stanley Cup final. His 242 goals against average was lower than his season, his Vesna Cup season, but was the same as his year they went to the Stanley Cup. So it looks like the play in Pecorine has not dropped off at all. In fact, you could make an argument that he is as good or better than he has ever been. Floyd, is there any concern about the goalie going into the age 37 year? Well, no, concern. I mean, his numbers, I think you're right, are probably close to the same. Now, the number that's changing is the number of games he's playing. And if you look over the last three or four years, you know, they've gone from I, 66, I can't remember. Oh, 66 there you go. to 61 to 59 to 56. There you go. So, you know, they've dropped 15 games in four years or whatever that is. So, I mean, there's that's the part. And, and that's part of, you know, uh, I think I think Peter taking care of an older guy that that they know still has value that probably can't, you know, go out there and play 65 games again. And and everybody knows that. That doesn't mean that for 50 he's not pretty darn good and they're willing to say, hey, I'd rather have him for 50 than, than to have him for zero. So that's they're, they're smart that way. And, and Pekka is smart in that he's not – He's not raising ruckus. You know, he's not pounding on the door saying, hey, I can play 65 games again. And you really. So I think it's working out well. It's got to be a great relationship. You know, something that they, they spend a little time working out. So I don't think, I don't, the goalie has not, the opinion of the goalie and the goalie situation has not changed in my mind at all. I feel like it's the same as last year. You know, if Pekka played 55 last year, he can probably play 55 this year. You know, unlike the years past. He only played six playoff games. 
You know, it wasn't like 20 playoff games two years ago and 14 playoff games or whatever the year before that. So we only played six playoff games last year. Pekka's going to have to prove to me that he's not Pekka anymore before I get worried about Pekka being not Pekka. Like, if Pekka keeps playing the same way at 37, 38, 39, 40, I'll, I'll look at him the same way, you know, that the Patriots look at Tom Brady that is, hey, keep doing your thing, and eventually you're not going to be able to do your thing anymore. We all know that. We just are surprised that it's not today. You know, we still expect Tom Brady to be the best quarterback in the league. I expect Pekka to be the same kind of goaltender who you can put in net and feel like you're going to go out and win every Well, I think the hard part, point. and and we see this with Tom. Tom is going to have, now Tom has no choice but to play his 16. So he's going to play him. But you see the game like he had last week. You mm-hmm. see the game like he had against us last year. You see the game where you look at it and you go, that's that's not Tom Brady. You know, that I don't know who that is. I mean, same size, same look, same number, same, but that is not Tom Brady. Simply because, I mean, he's 40, whatever he is, 42, 43. And, and I think those games come along more often. I think those games you're going to see a, a little bit more of. And the question becomes, okay, at what point in time can you not put up with those anymore? You know, are they getting... Are you okay if it happens twice a year? Are you okay if it happens four times a year? You know, uh, and there'll be a point along there where you go, that's it, we can't do that anymore. And then I think, you know, you got to do one of two things, which is you substitute them the way they're doing with, with uh, Pekka, or, you know, you make a change. Let's go to your phone. 615-737-1025, Preds home opener tonight. We're at Pete and Terry's Tavern right outside Bridgestone Arena. Come on out and register to win tickets. We'll be drawing at 545, or no, 445. We have a pair of tickets for tonight's game for you to come register. Jonah is going to kick us off today on the Preds home opener. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Jonah. Hey, how's it going? Love Good. the show. Thank you. I just want to say this. I don't think that Duchesne is the answer. I just don't. You know, I haven't seen him on the ice yet or in a in a gold uniform. But I do know this. Pekka Rene can play as long as that man wants to play. And that is all I have today. Thank you. Thank you for the call. I mean, I've seen Duchesne play in a gold uniform, albeit in the preseason. He looked pretty good. He had 30 goals last year. He had 30 assists last year. The hope is is that you're going to have – I mean, today Peter Laviolette was asked a question uh, about the second line. And Peter's like, which one's the second line? And he's obviously talking about Forsberg and Duchesne. And Peter's like, I, you know, I'm not sure they think they're the second line. And I was thinking to myself, like, that that should be the mentality. Now, will we look at Johansson and Arvidsson and say, hey, that's – that's to me, this is just this is me – Smith, Arvidsson, and Johansson is the second line. Deshane, Forsberg, and Granlin is the first line. Why? Because I think the best player, the most dangerous player, who I want on the ice the most, is Forsberg. So I say that's the first line. But Peter was making the point of, hey, with those two lines, I don't have a first or a second line. I think that's got to be the hope, is that Duchesne gives you two number one lines so that you're not over-reliant on getting goals from that first line like you have been the last two years. Ever since Kyle Turris forgot how to play hockey, and I don't know what led to that, 
But when he came here for about a month, he was really, really good, and the second line was really, really good, and they were produ- and they were producing. Ever since then, the second line has given you nothing, no matter who you've put on the second line. And we blamed Fiala, and they traded Fiala, and nothing changed. And we've blamed Turris, and now he's on the fourth line. Well, now they brought in Matt Deshane, and the whole hope, because remember, they brought in Simmons and Granlin, and the thought were those two were going to save the second line last year, and that didn't work. So finally now, they have paid the piper, and they have brought in Duchesne to come in here and fix the second line. So you can tell me, hey, I don't think Duchesne's the answer. That's fine, caller. But at the same time, they have to think he's the answer because he was their entire off-season plan. Off-season. Off-seasons. So true. <laughs> I mean, this has been three years coming. So, I mean, this is... Uh... And and be honest, we've talked about this before. I mean, I, I I'm concerned about what people are going to expect out of him, not because of how he's played, not because of the numbers he's put up, not because of it, but because of the three year hype for this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the three years of this guy's yeah. Oh, we didn't get him. I hope we can. Oh, it didn't work. And then all of a sudden, he's here. And I mean, you know, I'm I'm scared to death. The fans are going to say, "Okay, we got to get, you know, forty goals, and we got to get a hundred points, and we got to get all this stuff out of him that he's just never ever done." And if they don't get it, then they're going to be kind of like, you know, what, 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 we've been waiting three years for this. We could have gotten this from out of Milwaukee, you know. For example, he had thirty-one goals last year. Arvidsson missed like two months and had thirty-four. Yeah. Now, I mean, it was funny. They were they were looking up today. Adam Vingan and Joe Rexrow were looking up, like who's who's had the most goals with the least amount of assists. The answer, and this isn't all time, but this is like the last twenty years, or I forget what the stat was. The answer: most goals with the least amount of assists, like in the NHL, in like the last twenty years. Arvidsson, thirty-one and fourteen last year. You know, I heard something interesting this morning, or read something this morning about Arvidsson that I thought was interesting because he has had such. A hard time in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, he just has not done anything for us in the playoffs. And the question was, because he's not a big guy, he's a little bitty guy, and he plays a 1,000 miles an hour every night. Mm-hmm. By the time he gets to the playoffs and has to step it up. Is he gassed? Is he gassed? Is he pooped? Do we need to give him some rest along the way? So that when you make the run at the playoffs, now you've got the the second half of RV and not, you know, what's left of RV. I thought it was kind of interesting. It'd be something we can talk about at a point in time. You know what my theory on Arvidsson is? He just okay. plays harder than everybody else during the regular season, and then during the playoffs, they play equally as hard. And when, yeah. the, when the big good guys go up against the little good guys... The yeah. big good guys usually win. Always win. 615-737-1025. More your Preds call 615-737-1025. I almost feel bad for Matt Deshane because as much as we can talk about, you know, he's not the answer to save all the problems. He's not. I have a feeling in my heart that we can say that. But yeah, that's not how that's, people are no, feel. people aren't going to listen to that. People expect him to be the answer. 615-737-1025. We always talk. The last couple of years with the Predators, we've always talked about last year, last year, last year. Well, now nobody's talking about last year because last year was disappointing. So, on the other side, do we think the disappointment of last year 
will help this year. What Roman Yossi had to say about that, we'll get to that next. Jared and the GM live from Bridgestone Arena at Pete and Terry's Tavern, the home opener tonight, the season opener tonight. At 7 o'clock, Jared and the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game. You were really disappointed at the end of last year in the Dallas series, so to be where you are right now, how exciting is that coming off of what was probably a tougher end of your season last year? Um, yeah, it's, it's nice. I mean, it's a, it's a new year, and um, obviously the season didn't end the, the way we wanted last year. It was a big disappointment, but um, um, yeah, like I said, it's a new year, so it's a, it's a fresh start. Every team has the same chance to, to win the Stanley Cup. That was Romeosi. Every team has the same chance to win the Stanley Cup. I disagree. I think Tampa has a much better chance to win the Stanley Cup than the team you're playing tonight, Minnesota. But that's neither here nor there. But I asked Roman Floyd, you know, the disappointment last year, how will that play into this year? Because remember, all we ever talked about the last two years was, well, remember last year on that cup run. And remember last year, the President's Trophy year. Well, I don't think anyone's wanting to remember last year even though they won the Central Division. and Nobody's bringing it up. No, no, they, they're going to drop the Central Division championship banner today. Peter Laviolette was asked about it today. The look on Peter's face when he was asked about it was like, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. It's in my living room. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, but do you think this team, that they will approach the season differently or maybe that will feel differently about everything? Uh Based solely upon the disappointment that was the end of last See, year. See, if, if they had it figured out, and this is not, I'm not just the Preds. I'm talking about probably in general. If they had a plan that had worked, then they could follow it. But I, they haven't been able to do that. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you win all the regular season, can't do anything in playoffs. You don't win all the regular season, you go to the cup final. You, you know, you make the playoffs, you win the Central Division, you're out in the first round. I mean, there's not like a game plan where they can say, okay, we've got to do it like we did it last year. They've tried winning in regular season. They've tried winning in, in postseason. And, you know, both have worked to a regular, to a, to a certain degree. But it's not like it's, they've had the carryover. You know, if you win every regular season game, then you're going to go really, really far in the playoffs. So I'll hold up on that. You know, if you don't win necessarily all the regular season, then, you know, you can't win in the preseason. I'll hold up on that. So, so I think that's the hard part for a team like this. Uh, you know, there's not, a, there's not a blueprint for them. And, and somebody may come in with one and say, hey, this is what I think we need to do. And they could say, yeah, sure, okay, fine. You know, the rest of it hasn't worked, so let's try that. You know what I think they have a hard time doing is I think that this team is either too motivated or too fat and happy at times. Like it's one or the, one or the other. Either they are the most motivated, we'll prove everybody who picked against us wrong, or they're, they're too fat and happy at times. The only time where I legitimately felt okay about losing, there are two times since we've been on the air that I've felt about that. One was the San Jose series four years ago when they played them to two overtime games and lost in game seven. And, and to me, that team, they went seven with Anaheim. They went seven with San Jose. They weren't the better team, but it went right down to the wire. Like, I felt like for the most part, that team left it all out on the ice. And then I feel like when they lost to Winnipeg, you know, they had a, Pekka had a bad start to game seven. That's why you lost. You know, it was as even of a series. Winnipeg was a good team. 
you were a good team. I'm sure you've coached games in your life where your team went out there, gave it their all, left it all on the field, and you lost by a field goal at the end. And it sucks, but you know what? You, You did everything. But then you go back to last year. Did it really feel like they left it all on the ice last year? Did it really feel well, like the entire season that they it, put it, it no, out there? I, I'm they, not sure it did, but, I mean, the team, I think the skill level of the team was better. You know, I mean, and I think that's where you get mixed up. And you get, you know, you start, when you start trading guys that you think are higher skill guys for guys that maybe aren't quite as high because you think you're going to get more output, and and often you do. I'm not saying that, but there's also those times that, you know, this guy that maybe didn't get quite the numbers the the other guy did, still was really really good in the locker room. Was a great mood motivator. Was you know captain of the team. Was whatever the case may be. And I think sometimes that gets overlooked when you go into these into these games. Like you're talking about the the first series we had against Anaheim and against. Um, uh, whoever the other team was. I mean, that was a bloodletting. You know, that was war. Now, there wasn't a lot of skill involved in that, no. Mm, that was no, There was no, but it was a battle. And when it was over, you were proud of the way they played, even though, you know, like I said, it wasn't that highly technical skill level you're looking for. Um, and, and I think now the skill level is getting higher. And the question is, can you bring some of that blue-collar mentality or whatever that is with it? So, for example, the one thing I think Bill Belichick does really well that Mike Vrabel is constantly preaching, that you hear Tom Brady talk about a lot, that I think is so easy to say but so hard to actually do in sports and maybe even in life, and that is the idea of everything that happened last year doesn't matter. And I think this team has had a really hard time the last couple of years forgetting that what happened last year doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you won the President's Trophy and then lost in the second round. So now you should tell yourself, well, it doesn't matter if we win the President's Trophy. That doesn't matter. You know, just because you finished the eighth seed and went all the way to the cup final, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't matter what you did back then. None of that matters. All that matters is what this team becomes this year. It doesn't matter, for example, that your power play was wretched last year. As long as it gets fixed this year, all you got to worry about doing it this year. And it's easy to say, but I feel like a lot of people in life, not just in sports, but especially sports, struggle with the idea of having a little bit of success and then turning around and what that success becomes, if that makes any sense. Or they, they get super motivated by something and then they achieve a little goal, but then they get fat and happy off the little goal so they can't keep achieving goals to go forward. Am I making any sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, I can see that happening. I, I think... It's like the Falcons game, right? Like, I, like I'm glad the Titans yeah. beat the daylights out of the Falcons. It has nothing... I have no feeling about the, the Buffalo game because of the Falcon game. The, and, and in hockey, now this... And again, I've never played hockey and I've never played 162-game baseball. So I don't know, but but I would imagine those sports where you play a lot of game. I mean, two hours after you've played that game, it's forgotten. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, okay, there it was, good, bad, or indifferent. Let's go to the next one. That's all you can do. You spend a lot of time sitting around, you know, being proud of yourself or, or angry at yourself for whatever happened three games ago. You're never going to get any farther. So, I, I mean, it seems like it's, 
you know, go into it, give it all you got, forget about it. Go to the next one. Go into it, give it all you got. And if you can't do that, then it's got to be hard to to maintain because you're either high as a kite or you're, you know, you can't get out of bed. Well, I mean, that's how I look at the show, right? Like, I mean, every day, like, I spend all day thinking about the show. We do the show for four hours. I mean, Ryan can tell you, I'll be texting Ryan at, like, 6 in the morning about stuff for the show, which doesn't come on until 2 o'clock. And then, you know, we put everything we have into the show on a daily basis. And then what do we do after the show's over? We'll forget about it, and we worry about the next show. Go on. And I think it's kind of the same way. I just, I just think sometimes, like, the, the mass philosophy of how, it, of how, like, a team can, can worry. Like, they, they go to the cup final and they lose. And so the next year, it's like, got to have home ice, got to have home ice, got to have home ice, win the President's Trophy, and then you get knocked out. And the coach is saying, none of that stuff in this series mattered. And that's the thing that I guess I look at is, like, when I listen to these coaches like Nick Saban or other people talk, you can't worry about what happened last year because it won't matter for this year. And it all boils down to the same thing, which is consistency. You have to be able to play at a certain level every night. I don't care what the sport is. You know, I don't care. And the teams that are highly, highly successful are able to do that. You know, they're able to play. doesn't mean they win every night, but they're going to play at a certain level every night. They know what to expect from certain players. And if you can get to that point where everybody's willing to do that, then I guarantee you'll win your share of games. Tonight, Predators, Minnesota, right here, ESPN 1025, the game, the season opener, the home opener, and the president and CEO of the Predators. Sean Henry has stopped by. He will join us next, live from Pete and Terry's Tavern. It's Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025, the game. Season opener, home opener tonight, 7 o'clock, right here on ESPN 1025, the game at Bridgestone Arena. Jared to the GM live at Pete and Terry's Tavern. Floyd today, talk to the coach, talk to the goalie, talk to the captain, talk to the new acquisition, Matt Deshane. So I've talked to everybody. And now we got the president and CEO of the National Predators, Sean Henry, on with us today. The only one that really matters. <laughs> <laughs> guy that signs all the checks. The guy who's going to have probably, the, the, of all those people, the most influence on tonight's game. Yeah. Okay. Sean, we were nice talking about this team. Thank you. Thank you yeah. We were talking about this. Now, you and I have talked about this. You and ownership have talked about this publicly. And it is a window that you guys have talked about for uh, years. I have never once said a window, ever. I, what I've talked Smart. about is, well, our job is to build an environment where this team can be competitive year in and year out. And I think that's what we've done. You've talked about a window. The only window I talk about are from Pella windows. <laughs> More like those too. Windows and doors. Yeah. So let's start there. <laughs> let's start there. How much better did this team get when the one big move was PK out, Matt Deshane? And I thought Matt Deshane today, this guy is so excited about getting able to play here. And we talked to him the day that he signed here and how excited he was. But how much has this team continued that competitive uh, I don't know exactly how you, how you phrase it, whatever. How, how has this team been able to maintain that by making one big move? Well, I think when you look at the team that we were, and really we still are, where are our strengths, what are our weaknesses, how do you improve? And that's the goal. Every year, just keep moving forward, keep moving forward, you know, to try to put you in a better position to, you know, with a better outcome. And you know, our, our strength has always been in our crease, and the blue line still is, but we had some luxury of riches, so... We made a really tough move, 
And basically, you traded PK for Duchesne. You traded some blue line strength for obviously some offensive strength, and that's where we're lacking. You know, we need a little bit more deep scoring. We want to spread that over a couple of lines and not just one big line. That's what you got. You got a guy that is a power play guy, which obviously wanted to change that a little bit from last year. And, you know, preseason's just that. It's only preseason. But it should show some indicators. Power play was fun to watch when you saw that one game where they all played together. Um, but the best thing about Matthew Shane is when we did the interview process, you know, and I don't know if we're interviewing him or he's interviewing us. I guess it's a little <laughs> both. But, you know, sitting down with him and his wife and you see his baby, and he knew more about our team the players, the weaknesses, the strengths, where he could fit in. And watching he and Lobby break away from the group for a little while when we are staying with his agents. And hearing them talk about exactly what could happen, how do you fit in, how do you think you play, where do you play, it was fun to see that happen. There are some players that are just real students of what they do and love being a hockey player, and he's definitely one of them. And what he's going to bring to us on the ice is incredible. What he and his family will create in the community is uh, almost as good. How important is it? I mean, we've seen the last couple of years. Floyd and I bounce this over and over again, and I'm almost to the point to where I don't even really want to like start comparing years anymore because you can say, well, you want to be the best team in the league, and, well, Tampa lost in four games. And I'm like, well, that doesn't matter that Tampa lost in four games. You want to be the best team in the league, et cetera. But the fact that this team won the Central Division last year, and it was kind of an up-and-down year, and then you go back to a couple years ago where you're the second wild card into the playoffs and you're back into the cup final. Like, what does that say about this sport that the team has had so many different outcomes during a season and yet it almost, it's nothing when it gets to the playoffs? Well, it's funny. I think football and hockey are so different than basketball and baseball where, you know, the few teams, you know, the four or five teams that miss the playoffs in each sport are so close to the four or five teams that just get into the playoffs. I mean, just so, so close. But then once the playoffs start, whoever the best team is and whoever, quote-unquote, the last team is or, or worst team of playoffs is, they're so close that anything can happen, and you see it all the time. You see it in our sport. You see it in theirs. Basketball and baseball fairly more predictable. You can almost pick, name six teams, and four of them are going to be in the finals usually, but not in our two sports, and I think that's pretty cool. I think it adds to keep the fans engaged through the end of the year. You know, For us, that's March, football into December. And once the playoffs starts, it's the goal. Get in, anything can happen. Ideally, you get in and you're healthy. Really, anything can happen. But I would say that normally the team that is the best, everyone says, you know, the best team didn't win last year. All four number one seeds lost. We were one of them in the first round. I got bad news for all of us. The Blues were the best team last year. You know why? They won the last game. And that's <laughs> all that, yeah, and that's all that's important. Uh, but we got to get in there for the chance to win the last game, and that's what we've done. We built the team that should be able to compete at the highest level. You have – nightly but certainly yearly basis put on put the best product on ice from a show standpoint in the building who's what, what you got new for this year i know you got something yeah. up your sleeve you know the, the bad problem with going out in the first round is you go out in the first round the only benefit of that is you literally have all of may june july august <laughs> september to finalize all those plans and start some of those improvements you know much much earlier you know, and this year we put another eight nine million dollars in the building. You know, the biggest one being the the uh, Fang Vision scoreboard is most visible. But we've touched everything in the building, from water fountains to urinals to new bars and gathering areas. We have a fattest fish we've ever had in the catfish tank. They just loaded it in today. It's twenty two pounds. Wow, good. It's yeah. So it's just a lot of little things that add up to be big things, and then obviously one or two really major things with the tap room that we built. You know, the new hospitality suite, and of course the scoreboard and Fang Vision. But then we also have a chance to reinvigorate our own staff, 
uh, retrain everybody, get together, hear some things that we need to improve upon. And, you know, you take advantage of that time, and we're just ready. I mean, I really wish the season would have started at 9 a.m. We, um, we've talked about this before, and I'm, I'm a little concerned about Duchesne for only from this standpoint. High draft choices that, you know, maybe shouldn't be the, the, uh, that high a pick, but because they are, everybody thinks they've got to be the best in the world. And here comes Matt that we've been trying so hard to get for so long. And I worry that people are going to be unrealistic about what they expect from the guy. You know, it's so funny. For so many years, we would trade for a guy, even guys that weren't scorers, and their first shift or the first game they'd score. And, you know, PK did it. Fabro did it just, you know, this past year as a young guy. Rocco did it. And it became the Pred way. And we'd laugh. But then we'd always say, what about the guy that doesn't score the first game? You know, you know what happens and what's nice about Matt, what's nice about our locker room with so many veterans and a real good room, that we're going to be able to ride that out until, you know, when his game does arrive. Hopefully it is tonight on the first shift, first second. Yeah. But if it's not, I think you're right. Our, our fans expect, you know, in the first period, a natural hat trick maybe. And maybe he should have 30 saves too. Um, but what I love about him is he is here to be part of the team. He's here to play whatever role is necessary. And, again, when we were together in July and you hear him say those things, that wherever you need me to play, Coach, I'm going to play. But this is what I do want to do. Because it is that, yeah, I'm a team, team guy, but I can also do this. I, I can do a bunch yeah, of stuff. Yeah, right. And you get excited about that. But even more importantly than what he can do, it's what he can do for the team and what the team can be around him. When all of a sudden you have two top lines where either line can be your number one line, well, the other team now has problems. You know, how do they throw their shutdown line against you? Well, you got to choose one line to you know go against, and that's where you start wearing down you know, the other team a little bit because we can just roll those two. And then you look at our lines tonight. You know, our, our third line is a great shutdown line, but it's also could be a scoring line. And then our fourth line is full of speed and, and talent, and, and who knows what's going to happen. You can start seeing us rolling four lines depending on special teams, and then you have fits for the other team. Wow. That's exciting. Sean Henry with us, president, Predators president and CEO here on the show. It's funny, talking to Peter before training camp even started. I ran into him. We talked for a while. And he was just so excited about the season. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I've known Peter now, I don't know, four or five years, whatever it is. And it, it just felt like a different excitement. He comes out this morning, and he just seems so energized and excited. And it's not like, I, mean, I think everyone gets excited for opening day, but this isn't his first rodeo either. What do you get the senses behind his excitement for this season? Well, that's how he's wired. And regardless of what happened last year with our team, good or bad, any team really, Opening day special, where they add great players, you lose some great players, you won 17 games last year or won you know, 110 points. Opening day special. And if you have the right coach, they get excited about it. Again, regardless of what the team's going to be. But then, when you have a team that you think should have went a little further last year, and you add one major piece, and you have five months to think about it, you get a little bit more excited. And then you put Peter's personality on top of that, and he's an energy guy. And, uh, you know, we, we all have dinner together before everyone broke away for the summer, sometime in July. Our wives are fairly close, and there's a few of us together. And he wanted to play that night. Like, you didn't want to wait. You know, that was July 8th or 9th, whatever it was. And that's what's fun. And that's why our coaching staff gets excited about being around him. That's why players love playing for him. That's why we love having him in the organization. He walks through the office, and there's a buzz. There's electricity, you know, that happens right behind him. And it's been fun for all of us, you know, to be part of this organization. Last thing i got to ask you, and that is, with the Predators over the last handful of years, there have been certain players that no matter what the contract situation was, I never felt like 
they weren't going to not be predators. Mike Fisher, for example, I think technically hit free agency uh, maybe four years ago or something, but everybody knew Mike Fisher was going to resign, and Mike resigned. Pekka goes into last year without a contract for the following year, and we all knew Pekka wasn't going to play anywhere else. Roman Yossi, guy is one of the best players in the sport, is the team captain. He feels to me like one of those guys. Is it fair for me to feel that way about Roman Yossi? Well, I'm not your psychologist. You can feel any way you want. <laughs> um, you know what's great about Roman? You just hit it on the head. He is one of the best players in the league. I think you're going to see another elevation to his game this year, as we've seen every year. And, and the guys love playing in and around him. He's a wonderful leader. We are at a party of his the other night. He was launching a new watch product, which was pretty cool. He's you know, anchored right here in Nashville. He wants to sign here. We want to sign him. It really is just a matter of getting it done. Like David said, Every contract is close to being done. All you got to do is agree on term and, and dollars. And once that happens, it, it's done. Two things. Yeah, that's, two it's just two minor things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, we, we feel good about it. He does, too. And, you know, ideally he's one of those guys that in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it is, we're having another great party with him, you know, celebrating his career as a predator, as we will with Pekka. And ideally with a lot of these guys because now that we're 20, 22 years old, We've been able to retain our talent that we've drafted and improved as opposed to trade them as we used to. It's going to be a lot of fun the next five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years as the team continues to grow around guys like that. Well, it sounds good. So it sounds like in ten years or so you'll be able to have a Roman Yossi party in the new Happen Harry suite, and you can have Roman in there, and you guys can celebrate a great long career with the Predators that uh, extends past this year. Well, that's the goal with every one of our players. You know, every time you, you – you draft someone, claim someone on waiver, sign them as a free agent. The goal is to have their retirement party with them because everyone's optimistic when that yeah, happens. Yeah, right, Floyd? Yeah. I mean, uh, absolutely. You never drafted a player that you didn't hope in 16 years were celebrating. And especially like this. At this age, you knew they were going to retire right. a Pred. Yeah. Oh, he'll be a Pred for life. <laughs> Sean Henry <laughs> with us, Predators President, CEO, home opener, season opener tonight. Sean, thank you for stopping by. Guys, thank you so much. Look forward to thank many you. opportunities this and year. And good luck. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Big season going on again. We are here until 6, and we have got at Pete and Terry's Tavern, we have got a pair of tickets for you for game one tonight. So come on out and register to win those. Crispy later today, Preds game day later today and coming up next i asked i gotta ask the hard questions around here floyd for every i asked marcus a question yesterday and he gave me a marcus answer but i want to know the floyd answer to the question i asked marcus we'll get to that next it's jared of the gm on espn 1025 the game